Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Almost Famous. In the first series of the podcast, I spoke to guests who also grew up with famous family members and discussed how it had affected their journeys through life. In series two, I want to explore the subject of fame more directly, by talking to people who've experienced it themselves and asking them how it has affected their own journey as well as the lives of those around them. My guest today is actor, writer and producer Ralph Little. Ralph starred in The Royal Family and Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps for the BBC, 24-hour party people on film and was nominated for an Olivier Award for his performance as a young George Harrison in the play Presence at the Royal Court Theatre. Ralph also co-wrote and appeared in Sky One's The Cafe and has recently taken on the role as Detective Inspector Neville Parker in BBC One drama Death in Paradise. There's so much more that Ralph has done, but I've been given notes to make my introductions more pithy. So apologies and hello to my almost famous guest today, Ralph Little. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I I, I want the full... Can we sit here for half an hour while you list all my credits? Well, I'll tell you what. My first question is usually, how did you like your intro? But before we do that, and I will ask you that, I should say uh, at this point that we're recording Almost Famous from the incredible podcast lounge at Factory Studios in central London. And it's the perfect place for all your podcast production needs. So do get in touch with them if you're looking for somewhere to make your podcast idea a reality. Their website is factory.uk.com. So what did we miss out on? By the way, to be fair, it it really is. That's not just just spiel, but we were just commenting on how amazing this place is. It's, it's a beautiful place. This is the first uh, episode of uh, Series 2 that we're recording. I don't know whether it'll go out first, but so this is very fresh and new for me as well. Yeah, so let's all, let's all give this uh, podcast lounge some serious love. Yeah, a little love. bit of love, yeah. Um, what would you say we missed out on your intro, though? It's very important, oh, especially uh, as we're talking about fame. We know how famous people, <laughs> when I interviewed, uh, da- or when I spoke to David Baddiel in the last uh, in the last series, he was straight on it. He was like, well, you've got my intro wrong. Uh, oh, no. and, and you know him as well, so you know Why? exactly what, how that would have gone. What was Badil's complaint? Uh, he was like, uh, actually, I haven't had two number one records. It's actually been number one four times. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very like him. Yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, you, you've already said that I'm the most successful person you know, yeah. but you didn't quite say I was successful enough. <laughs> exactly. In fairness, he did. He called himself out and he said, one thing about famous people is, uh, you know, uh, lots of people get things wrong about us and then went into that. And I said, well, the thing I know about famous people is they're very quick to call you on what you've got <laughs> that, wrong. That is... Uh, yeah. And he laughed and that he agreed. So did we miss anything out? There was a lot of stuff. I, 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 no, I those, 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 are, um, those are the highlights, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you didn't miss anything out. It, it's really interesting that... Um, uh, so we're talking to each other the the day after my first episode of Death in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Just, I went out and it went out last night. Um, and What's the reaction been? The reaction, I'm extremely relieved to say, has been overwhelmingly positive. Brilliant. Um, I couldn't have hoped for a better one, actually. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter lit up, as they say, um, and um, you know, thank you to anyone that did that. But uh, is that genuine? A, a genuine fear that you have that it could be really negative, and and that would yeah. set you back personally? Oh, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, a hundred percent more so than I, more so than previously. I would have cared to admit, even to myself. Mm. Um, I was nervous last night. Mm. I, I've not been professionally nervous. For a long time, I mean, you get adrenaline when you're on the first night of a, of a play, but you kind of learn to control that. Or adrenaline when you're playing in a big football match. If I'm lucky enough to play in one of these big, you know, soccer aid or something like that. Sure, you get adrenaline, but genuine, outright kind of, I think, so, uh, 10 to 9 last night, 10 minutes before it was due to go out. Can't do anything about it. Shot the, shot the show months ago, yeah. not giving it a second thought, done all the press. And suddenly, 10 to 9 last night, I was like... I can't watch it. I think I watched Netflix, I watched The Devil Next Door on Netflix instead mm-hmm. <laughs> and told my mum not to. She yeah. was with me. Turned my phone off, couldn't look at it. And I think maybe I just suddenly got this sense of how high the stakes were. For me particularly at this stage of my life and my career, 
it feels like the stakes were massive. And I have to say, in answer to your question, I, I couldn't be more relieved that yeah. it, it went down a storm. And so then in, in comparison to, say, when you were doing The Royal Family, when Twitter wasn't around, yeah. just a totally different world for, not just for you, but for actors and performers yeah. in general, where you're, it's such instant yeah. either affirmation you, or, or the opposite. You can track during the programme, and people do, and I, yeah, people do, you can track whether it feels like it's a success or not. Yeah. And you think to yourself, well, if I'm doing this, the people that make the decisions are probably doing this too, whether it's the exec producers of the show or commissioners or mm -hmm. whoever, or publicists or agents. It's, it's you know, it's, a t it's terrifying. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real, we, we briefly talked about mental health just before we started the, um, started recording it, but, you know, it's absolutely something we should talk about. We talk differently in society about mental health now than we did f five years ago, mm. certainly 10 years ago. Mm. Um, and, um, I don't know if you're predisposed, as I think all performers are to an extent. If you're predisposed to um, n n feeling validated, needing validation yeah. and affirmation, if you're predisposed to that, and without without putting it squarely on the shoulders of like you as a one as a performer, this is the way the world works. You know, we're 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 an industry that works on kind of approval. Yeah. Um, it, it it's fair. I mean, it's a useful mechanism for measurement, but it, it's not great for mental health. Yeah. And if if Twitter uh, and other social media had been around back in the day uh, when you started doing Royal Family or Two Pints of Lager or whatever, would you have had a thick enough skin then to get through it had something gone the other way? I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I, um, I've i never... Whenever you get a bad review, whenever you get a bad tweet... So last night after Death in Paradise, mm. there were literally hundreds, possibly thousands. I think Death in Paradise trended. I, I may have even trended, and I've trended a few it's times. It's a huge like, show. For anyone who hasn't yeah. watched it, it's a huge... It's, the it's most, been going for how many seasons? No, this is the ninth. This and the, you're the third lead in it, fourth, aren't you? The fourth, you're the fourth detective to, to take the, the lead. Regeneration, yeah. The regeneration. The regeneration, yeah, yeah. 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 Ardell regenerated into me. Light shot of his eyes, and I became <laughs> yeah. me. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it's a huge show. It's the biggest show. It's the most. I think it's the most watched show uh, on TV after uh, uh, reality shows and soaps. Yeah. Um, that isn't sport. Right? Mm -hmm. So there were hundreds, you know, Death Paradise trended. I might have trended. I mean, I have trended on Twitter before, but it was nice to trend for something good. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably get to that. Uh, yeah. Um, or at least something that's to do with my profession. Um, and there were hundreds. But even then, even then, there were about three, three tweets yeah. that were like, not convinced yet, but I'm willing to give them the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. Not even a horrible yeah, tweet. Okay, yeah. Just like, not convinced yet, but yeah. we'll soon see. Seems, seems a bit cliche to me. And I was like, those are the ones that are etched on your soul. Of course, those are the of ones course. that you go to bed thinking, yeah. oh, somebody said it was cliche. And, and it takes real discipline, real discipline. And, you know, usually somebody, a loved one saying, get over yourself, don't be ridiculous, to, to, to get over yourself and not be ridiculous. Yeah, and that's exactly, I've talked about it in a few episodes we've done with comedians particularly, mm -hmm. which is, you absolutely have a brilliant gig, you know, and all you can see is the one person not laughing. Yep. It's it's that's the performer's mentality, isn't yep. it? That's yep. and that's probably, I guess, what strive that helps you strive. That's ambition as well, isn't it? You're yep. striving for perfection all the time, which is of course unattainable. Yeah, well, perfection's unattainable, and um, <clears throat> there's a realization that I had. There were, there were years ago, um, Jimmy, not Fallon, the other one, Kimmel, Kimmel. the two the two Jimmies. Yep. Jimmy Kimmel had a section. I think it was him where it was like celebrities read out mean tweets about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ha ha, this is a funny section like everyone else did. And then something occurred to me from my life and my career, which is like Tom Hanks was on there saying, reading things that people were saying they hated him, the most vicious, ast astonishingly awful things. Yeah. And so was Taylor Swift. And, so, and you think nobody's liked by everybody. There's always people out there mm -hmm. That hate you for for whatever it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter how nice you are it doesn't matter what work you do and once you kind of understand that and start to accept that you go maybe I don't need to take all this to heart mm -hmm. in the same way I am doing no. and that's been a real lesson so as I mentioned Ralph has uh, very kindly been the kind of guinea pig for series two of Almost Famous which where we're kind of trying to find more of an insight into fame mm -hmm. itself so I've got a few more kind of formatted questions the first one I, I want to ask you which is kind of interestingly uh, specific but also I, it feels kind of vague to me is. Are you famous? Do you think yourself as yourself as famous? That's a good question. Um, I mean, today, yeah, I'm buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> what a day I got! I got you here. Yeah. yeah, today I'm back. Um, it's a very good question. Uh, how do you how do you measure that metric? I, I suppose. So. I mean, I've been jokingly referring to myself as a national treasure for years, but that's, <laughs> that's probably more to cover up my uh, fears that I'm nowhere near. Um, 
Uh, do people recognise me? Yes. Uh, do people recognise me every day? No. Does and it change? Did that happen? Did that happen at a different point? Do you feel like you're slightly less recognised now than you were previously? Maybe, perhaps? but but sort of only marginally because the people who the people who liked what I did are still the same people. Yeah. Um, it, you become extremely aware of aging when you're in my my game and when you are, whether I am, we're still debating whether I am or not famous, but you could become very aware of aging. And it's not about going, oh, I hope my looks, you know, don't fail. I mean, I'm privileged not to have to worry about that because uh, <laughs> I've never traded on my looks. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've not got the raw materials to work with. You're a, but, uh, you're a han- I mean, you know, you're a handsome man, Ralph, and I'm sure that's, I, I'm, I'm sure you... That's very kind of you No, to say but so. I, you know, I think, I think it's... It was easy to say that. I think you're a handsome guy, but do you not feel like you've got roles because of your looks? You're saying you're, it, there's more to it, or not? Not right. that I'd not that I'm saying you have. All right, but... I tell you what then. Well, I hope this isn't too much of a digression, but I think this is interesting since since we're talking in depth and you've gone there. It's very lovely of you to say that mm. that I'm a handsome man. This is very embarrassing to have to talk about. But we'll, we'll, we'll be we'll be open. Um, that's that's a genuine surprise to hear you say that. Okay. I, I, that is not how I see myself. I never have. And that's not I, you saying that because you want to come across as no, 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 or, no, or no, no. I think it's more. I'm trying to just be interesting, and oh, I'm trying to be in, trying to be interesting because I'm <laughs> I want to be interesting. But uh, fuck it, let's be honest. Um, I, you know, when we did two pints, you know, Will Mellor's the hunky, big, muscular one, and I'm the gawky, okay. uh, skinny, pale one. Mm. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been. I don't think I've ever been thought of as a. Uh, certainly not a sex symbol or somebody who's thought of as handsome mm-hmm. or somebody whatever so when people say that to, i mean you know i don't think anybody thinks oh he's that ugly dude for yeah, me yeah. but i don't think i don't think i particularly walk into a room and then people go oh he's a good looking lad never mm-hmm. have thought that yeah so whenever people and it makes it sound like they say it a lot but whenever somebody like you says something like that for, for a start thanks like it makes my fucking day good right so, seriously it does good. I'm not just um, sycophantically saying no, it. No, no, I, I just think this is an interesting conversation well. because we're talking about like perception and mental but health. But I also think, you know, I don't know a lot about your personal life, but I, mm. I don't think you've ever had any struggles in your personal life in terms of well, meeting no, women. Well, no, but you see... But you also do have personality to I've back always it up. Been, I've, oh, I've got a Chica bit of Chapel. chat. I got a bit of chat when, yeah. it, when it comes to chatting to, to, to the girls, or I did anyway. I'm too old for that now. Um... Yeah, I've always just kind of like had a bit of chat and always yeah. assumed that, you know, once I can get over the initial hurdle of saying hello, because I don't have like, I didn't have like the the, the handsome good looks mm. to be able to like just, so, so babe, suddenly being on TV when yeah. I was like 18, suddenly girls who like, who had, would never talk to me, suddenly it's like, oh yeah, I'll that off the TV. And once, once I've got that, that yeah. initial step over with, then I can kind of use chat. So I think that's an interesting point as well to go into about fame, which is, you know, you're talking about a time before you were famous where you know let's say girls weren't coming up to to you in that way and then suddenly you're on tv and they did how does that work in terms of your own mentality in terms of was there any part of you at that point was like well you only like me because i'm on tv or did you not care it was just like jackpot 100 percent the latter i mean right. i knew that they only liked me because i was on tv but i didn't care and take advantage I mean, like of them because they were gorgeous do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it's only their, their their attribute was piercing beautiful blue eyes with long blonde hair or whatever and my attribute was the job i did that's all right we play to our strengths yeah. play hand you dealt um it's an int- i find that an interesting but as someone who's never experienced that i do yeah. i i think i mean i'm also not 18 so it would have probably been different if i'd experienced that when i was 18 but uh, i've talked in some episodes about uh, i was asked by david Adil in the episode would you like to be famous do you want to be famous and i said the fear for me would be if people are looking me looking at me while i walk down the street why are they looking at me and they don't know me you know it would mm-hmm. it gives me a bit of fear but maybe if it was when i was 18 i would have been young enough where i would be just That's, like embrace that, I, that i could see that actually I, um i'm less bizarrely less uh the more knowledge i've got over the years the less confident i've become right um, that's a good point it's very weird I, that you know I don't I don't walk with the same swagger that I used to it's not that I'm like lacking confidence but I'm like right I need to I need to kind of make sure I earn this every day whereas honestly when, I I wish I could meet me when I was like 18, 19 I would have been like mate just just calm down you, I, I honestly I thought I was the absolute tits just at everything in every way yeah. I thought I was great there was a room till we walked in I thought I was going to be the cleverest person in yeah. the room and did know. that piss people off did you? Did, well, did... I didn't think so. I, th- used to, I think every, I used to think everybody uh, was like, "He's great," but I look back now and I was like, "Did they or did they not think I was kind of a bit much?" Right. Probably. Yeah. Looking back, I would have thought I was a bit much. Yeah. Probably. Uh, this is pure guesswork, speculation, but I wouldn't be surprised if people had a bit of like, 
I think I was probably, I certainly think I was liked by people, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if there was quite a bit of eye rolling. Oh right. God, he's off again. Like, slight ar- like arrogance, yeah. eye rolling, yeah. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I used to kind of run, I mean, you know, I still do, but it, this, this, the weight of it has shifted somewhat. But I used to, particularly even in auditions on like my on-set persona, I'd kind of like have this um, uh, faux, like arrogant, like post, post-modern arrogance, like I think I'm great at everything. And so, I mean, I don't really, but... It's a persona. It's a persona. It it's a, a higher higher status exactly, persona. Yeah. Exactly. I was playing a higher status persona, but I have a feeling that um not everyone got it. Not everyone got it. Yeah. Or that I wasn't doing it as deftly as I thought I was and often kind of just seemed a bit of a dick. And is that their fault for not getting it or your fault for not judging oh, it's, it? It's my it's my fault. It's my fault. But again, I, you know, when we ask him sort of very very big questions here, was that because of being famous at 18? Undoubtedly that had a part yeah. to play. But then again, are all 18-year-olds kind of a bit like that? Yes, true. Y- y- who wasn't you find a, your you find your way. Who wasn't a dick when in. they were 19 yeah. years old? I think we all were at some yeah. point. That's a good point. Extent. That's a good point. You were just more judged on it because of yeah. your popularity and, yeah. and, uh, yeah, and vi- vi- being able to be seen. The Royal Family came out in September 1998. Uh, I was like 18 and a half years old and uh, it didn't, it, it wasn't instant. It took about a year for the show and if you think about it, the show was as big as it could possibly be and it still took about yeah. a year for me to realise that I was quote-unquote famous at that point. Like, mm. for a year, it wasn't like... The next day, everyone recognised me. It doesn't work like that. Do you remember the first time you thought something happened where you thought, I'm, fa- I'm famous? There was not one exact moment, but I remember milestones. I remember my first autograph. Um, I, remember, um, uh, the fir- I remember the first time somebody going, oh, you that lad at the royal family? Uh, and these are all slightly different. Then I remember the first time somebody went, oh, you're Anthony. And then I remember the first time somebody went, are you Ralph Little? Right. And there's a gradation. And that's the one there. that means the most because that's you. well, I mean, <laughs> that's you for being you rather depends, than you for being a character. Depends who you are. If you're less, if you're less of a narcissist, like if you're a narcissist, it's great. <laughs> if you're less of a narcissist than I am, then you're a bit like, oh no, I just want to be known for my characters. I don't want to be known as who I am. But no, I loved it. <laughs> but all actors are have elements of narcissism in them. Surely, I, I, sure. I mean, I don't want to tar everyone with no. that brush, but yeah, <laughs> if certainly I know that. I just we we. It's a really weird industry populated by weird people, and I'm one of them. And the reason is, um, as we've already said, it's, it's a, it is an industry um, which uh, people go into often seeking happiness through validation, which is a very dangerous path anyway. I'm not necessarily saying that's a crazy thing to do, but like you, you gain more from validation. You've gained self-worth from validation in, a way, in possibly in a heightened way. Mm-hmm. And it's simultaneously the industry in which your self-worth takes a battering more than any other I could possibly imagine, yeah. apart from maybe being a footballer. Yeah. But at least you get the chance to prove, prove people wrong next week, right? No, that's true. Um, you know, every audition, everything that goes on TV, every audition you didn't get, every audition that you didn't even get a call for, um, every uh, every time you see a peer getting an audition, every that one of you, your friends who's got an yeah. audition, every one of your friends who who suddenly gets a big part, it's like it, it's really hard. I didn't. None of my friends used to be actors. I just couldn't. I couldn't hang out with actors because, and and you'd meet them. You'd meet these contemporaries of yours, and they're great. And often you meet them through playing football with them. Mm. And they're great and they're lovely lads. And you just go, and then you get a bit older and you go, actually, I'm so, I can't begrudge anything because they're brilliant. Mm. But, you know, I, I always joke, and it's true that, you know, about 2001, two, James McAvoy was, was a peer of mine, contemporary of mine. He and I were always in the same auditions. And I think he's now retired because uh, I don't see him in audition rooms anymore. But, you know, how, how can you begrudge, how can you begrudge just a second of his success? Yeah. He's amazing actor, lovely guy. Nifty football. I can't argue with any no. of that. But would you say that at the time, if he got a gig that you didn't get, you no. would begrudge You think him I was that? saying that shit in 2002? Yeah. yeah. No. Exactly. No. And I was lying to myself going, why is he working? I can do what he does. Can I? I don't know. Do you still have to audition? It depends what it is, but yeah. 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 yeah and there's never been a point where you've, you've felt or said to your agent... I shouldn't have to audition for this. I'm, I've done this, this, and this. I mean, hundreds of times. Oh, you have done that. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. It's the conversation I have with them more than anything. <laughs> Why have I got to audition for this? And they're like, everybody's auditioning for it. Get over yourself. And That's then, good honesty. I like that. Just one more thing about your youth I wanted to ask. Cause, mm-hmm. um, I wondered if just briefly you think there's maybe one specific difference you can think of between the almost famous Ralph Little, so who you were before, just before you became famous, and then the Ralph Little that... that had that fame at 18 and, and whose career made came off the back of that. 
Is there, is there one thing you can specify as to how you changed? Um, yeah, actually. Yeah. I, um, I, I always thought... Christ, I can't believe this is about to come out of my mouth, but it is. I always thought as a teenager um, that I was special. Or frankly, I was always made by my parents. who I, I had incredibly supportive parents who gave me every opportunity to play every sport. Um, they expe And they expected the best. They expected me to excel in every sport. They expected me to get the best grades. They expected... And, and, be and frankly, because they expected it... Um, you did it. It. Ma it made me expect it. And often it mm -hmm. happened. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, yeah, at, at the risk of that sounding like it was about to be like, oh, it's under so much pressure. No, not at all. It's no, just, no, no. Um, but because you started by saying they're incredibly supportive, it doesn't well, yeah. sound like they're pushy parents. It they, sounds like they're. Well, they were sort of. They were pushy, but they knew what you were they, capable they of. They made they they instilled in me this idea that whatever I had a go at, I would be good at, mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily true. But it does mean that everything you try, if you've already got that mindset, your chances of being good at it are exponentially increased. Yeah. Um, has it helped you dust yourself off when you've had rejections yeah. and just go again? Yeah, loads, loads. Well, that yeah. sounds like yeah. That sounds like the key, uh, especially in acting and performing. It sounds like the key trait you need because yeah. you know it, it can it, it make you bitter though, lead to bitterness. So, so this is what I was about to say about pre pre royal family fame. So I was never going to be an actor. I was doing bits and pieces of that. I was actually I was I was set for being a doctor. I actually started medical school mm. when the royal family came out, um, and. Um, I always, because of this mentality that was put me, I always thought like I was special. I don't mean like I was particularly arrogant, but I was like just confident. Like I've got a lot to offer the world. And do you know what? They don't. They don't get it yet. They don't get it. Yet. I was very short as a, as a as a kid up until I was about sixteen. Tiny, tight by like six inches short than everyone else in my class. Loads of friends who were girls, no girlfriends. Mm -hmm. I couldn't fucking. I couldn't have paid for it when I was a teenager. I could, not all the money in the world would have made a girl look at me. Right. So um um. So, frankly, I thought I had all this st stuff that I saw. My opinions are really interesting. And if only people would just, like, acknowledge me a little bit more. I'm fucking funny, and I'm this, and I'm that. And, I, and then suddenly, the show comes out, and this fame hits, and you're hosting the first ever GQ Men of the Year Awards, and you're on the front of this magazine, you're on the front of that magazine, and suddenly... All your peers at school, not only have you blown them out of the water, not only are you king of that pile, that, that pile's just faded into insignificance. You don't even have time for that anymore. It's like, bye, guys, I'm busy. Mm. Um, and actually, it sort of confirmed yeah, what, you always thought. what I always thought. And suddenly I did think I was special, which is, which is crazy to think of now. Yeah. Um, what do you think it took to, to open your eyes to the fact that that's not the reality of how it was? It, that didn't, it didn't last. Yeah. It never does. It can't last. No. It can't what? last. Every, every, you know, life is peaks and troughs, yeah. as is fame, career, everything. So I was like, fucking, the world's hanging on to my every word, word, and I'm really interesting, and I'm this. And then, you know, um, even, even, so I hosted GQ Men of the Year Awards, and we were off the back of the Royal Family, and then Two Pints came out, and GQ were like, no, we don't really like that, we're not asking you back. <laughs> I mean, that's a blow. Man. And you, you threw the like, table across yeah, the room. exactly, yeah. I upended the table. Um, so it didn't last. It it is it is difficult to deal with. It's easy to lose your head when you're when you become famous young, like these young footballers, whatever, mm. um, and young actors. It's very very easy. You felt you were bulletproof and invincible, and then stuff started happening that yeah. showed that you weren't. And I think I kept my head relatively well, but I looked back and was like, "Let's see, this is because I think still think I'm special on some level." I was <laughs> like, "If I." <laughs> struggled imagine what it's like for other people um <laughs> except yeah. james mcavoy yeah yeah exactly yeah it's um so yeah it was that and also when you say things change the my i can't believe i'm gonna say this as well my um late teens early 20s attitude to um we, we talked about being um attractive people fancying mm. you or whatever. Mm. and there, it was a little bit like i think i was a bit pissed off because nobody had fancied me when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And there very much was like a sense of going, ah, see, now you're, <laughs> now you're interested in me, now that I'm special because yeah. I'm on TV. Yeah. Of course, it's ridiculous. Um, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell a story that I can never tell in, in the press or anything because it's the nature of the story, which you'll find out. Um, and I'll caveat this story by saying this. I realised that there are... Uh, 
when you're well, when you're young, everybody's sexuality sexuality is burgeoning, and everybody mm. might be up for a shag, and everybody it's just that that's it's not unreasonable to say that, and it's not just guys like girls enjoy, no, no, totally. enjoy sex too, right? Totally. So. Although I wish I knew that at the time. Totally, uh, yeah, totally. I, you know, yeah, exactly. I learned that in my 30s, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I basically just was like, oh, Fleabag, that seems like something that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So um, there's one, I have one story, um, and I'm caveating it to say, like, this was not my life, I'll just never forget it for the reason it was. And I was in Bolton, it was one of the first times I ever got recognised, I was in a club in Bolton, and... Um, and I'm sort of dancing away with my mates and uh, the royal family had not long been out and I look over and there's a group of girls dancing over there do you remember how like back in those days you dance with your mates like it was just like a school yeah, disco yeah. dance yeah. with your mates and you're sort of trying to like and I was trying to, and we're I, talking I, late 90s presumably, yeah exactly so everyone 90s. looks like they're in All Saints exactly. cargo pants <laughs> exactly uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I looked at this girl and uh, and I, I obviously thought she was gorgeous and I was like oh and she caught me looking at her and she sort of looked at me and I, I, I wish I'd sort of be like raising an eyebrow and giving an eye, but I wasn't even that confident then. So I just caught me looking at her and I probably did like a one half smile. And she um, she looked at me with the, the expression one might look at um, if they'd stepped in dog shit and then just turned. <laughs> she was looking like the bottom of her shoe. Right. And she turned away and she's with her mates and sort of one of her mates turns to look at me and I'm like, oh, shame. I hung my head and, yeah. and I sort of glance over again and I see one of her mates sort of looking at me quizzically. And then she nudges another mate, and another mate looks at me quizzically, and then they nudge the girl at turn around, and she sort of looks at me, and she's like, I can see her mouth, and she's going, what? What? And then they whisper in her ear. Anyway, I'm thinking, that's a bit weird. A couple of seconds later, I get a tap on my shoulder, I turn around, and this girl goes, <laughs> she goes, are you that lad out royal family? And I went, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And she went, do you want to come fuck me in the toilet? <laughs> and I went, um, yeah, all right. <laughs> no, to... To my credit or to my shame, I'm not sure which, but I was so astonished and taken aback. I was, I shit, I shit it. I shit it. I went, oh, no, no, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. And like the politest sort of, that was, was, and I I meant it. It was the nicest offer anybody has ever given me in my entire life. Um, And I I wonder where she is now. (laughs) And no part of you, but no part of you was like, well, you didn't fancy me when you looked at me a second ago, but because you found out I'm famous, you now want to have sex with me in the toilet. Not really, no. not really. If, if, if I'm way too much of an overanalyzer for situations like this because I'd be yeah, like that. If I'd have been sort of less shocked, I, I might. I, I don't even think. I don't even think I had the chance to kind of analyze it like that. Although, you know, probably, yeah. Afterwards, I, I have often taken a look at myself and often questioned and worried about. Why did I do that? Mm. Why did I say that? Is that just because I want people to like me? Mm. Um, did I... Well, I'm saying it now, so actually... That self-awareness is, is being able to look at yourself and say and, and doubt yourself. But you can go down a massive yes, rabbit, a rabbit hole. hole like, yeah. so, so, like, um, if I've got a pound in my pocket and I walk past somebody, um, uh, a homeless person, I'll almost always give them a pound. Mm. And I'm like... Did I do that because somebody saw me do it? Did somebody see me, or, yeah. or 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 am I doing that for them, or so I can feel good about myself, so that I know I've done that? So if yeah. anybody ever questions me, I know I've done that, or so that I can say I do it on a podcast. Do you know what I yeah. mean, or whatever? And then I think, so then it's like, does altruism really exist? And then I think, <laughs> does it matter? Does it matter because they still get the the pound? And yeah, then yeah, they get yeah. The, I don't exactly. know. You can go down this mad. I feel like we're going because because I I don't want to go into this, but I also think that that counts in so many parts of life. I do exactly the same, uh, except probably more rarely give the pound because <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I've got no money. But um, but also I think that you can take that into sex. Like I think you can take totally, that into sex yeah. and you're like, well, I. I'm really into doing this because it makes you feel like this. But is that actually because... I want you, you to tell you, your mates how well, good I am. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a bit of that, yeah. but also... Well, is there a bit of that? But also, it's because I want you to tell me how good I am at yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And then what I realise, you know, if I think about that too much, is like, actually you know, even sex isn't that freeing for me because I'm so busy overthinking every tiny <laughs> yeah, thing that's happening. I've not happening. been in this moment for, for no. the last 20 minutes. Uh, so that's... Yeah, but I think I think it's still all related... Because you keep saying, you know, you said, I'm not sure this relates to fame, but actually the fact that I think it's quite freeing or new, it feels fresh to me to speak to someone who's had a different life or this famous life, but hear that they think the same way that we all do. Because I think we have this, us kind of non-famous people have this idea that famous people are somehow different or on a different mm-hmm. level. And, and that can start in my head as uh, going back to what you were saying about 
how your parents made you feel special and what and and you're obviously mm-hmm. ambitious and stuff like that well you're just the same i felt exactly the same not everyone is as um fortunate as us mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah. uh, uh, and privileged uh, as i was certainly but i definitely grew up with that kind of feeling of everything's going to be i've mentioned before it's like everything's going to be all right i've got mm-hmm. this i've got that everything's mm-hmm. going to be all right so i think it's really relevant and really interesting i mean I, anthropologically we're, we're uh, social status is 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 how we evolved and social status is a massive deal in in a massive factor in every decision we make almost every decision we make many of the decisions we make mm. i mean it's just everywhere whether it's football sex you know twitter work money earned mm-hmm. um the car you drive the what watches you wear yeah. <laughs> you know um i saw an article an interview with you where the journalist described you as wearing smart designer clothes and a big chunky watch there it is <laughs> it's not even <laughs> yeah. that chunky i thought it was pretty subtle really, <laughs> yeah, it is quite subtle. yeah um just one of the two watches you're wearing though i should say yeah yeah <laughs> this is a recent thing i'm not quite sure i'm i'm committed it's an, to it's it. an apple watch for, for uh, yes. the podcast listeners well right? one of, yeah one of them's for like exercise in the gym and yeah the no i get it yeah fitbit um but um we anthropologically that it's all about social status when you become famous what you're talking about when people want fame they're talking about social status yeah. and it catapults you from it catapults you into a zone of social status that you can't possibly comprehend un, unless you were born into a, a, a royal family yeah yeah you unless you were a prince you can't comprehend yeah. The difference between um, just being somebody who hangs out with your mates and somebody who everybody recognizes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But is, so I think that's a really fascinating way of putting it, but is it real? Because, and, and if it's, I'm assuming the fame isn't real because it's just a, you know, it's just a garnish telling you that you're this and you've got this higher status. Mm. But when you then realise that, or if you realise that, how much of it do you look upon as a good thing, a good part of your life, or how much do you look at it as like, actually, if I could be exactly the same person in the same situation, but without that mm. kind of level of, 
artificialness would you you know would you swap that it's usually the question i asked last but i feel like it's relevant to what you just said look i mean it offers obviously lots of um opportunity yeah but you, also you, mental health wise i imagine it comes yeah that, with... that's the prop that's the problem that's the problem and it's it's worse now than it ever has been i mean in society and arguably mm. for me um you asked me earlier am i famous i suppose the answer is yes um in that uh minimum once a week on average for the last 22 years somebody has gone all right ralph little like that that's happened so mm-hmm. surely by any metric yes am i the most famous person no. no but also because of your um you're very big you're big on twitter mm. and that's kind of i think how a lot of famous people get to their audience more quickly now mm-hmm. more than once a week on twitter you're getting abuse from people on Twitter, or yes. people are reacting to your tweets, yes. and you've become quite political in your in your in my tweeting. old age. Yeah, well, that's a, that's but that's a new thing. It's weird, isn't it? It's, it's a new thing. Social media's like changed that that whole um, dynamic. Well, well let, let's come back to that because yeah. what I was going to say was that. So yes, but by any metric, probably the answer is yes. I suppose I am famous, um, but yeah, it feels like a dirty word. It feels like a weird thing to say, um, and. It also feels like it's the done thing to say. I mean, you know, it's it's a burden. Mostly, that's bollocks. Yeah, it's bollocks. That's I'm sorry nice. because, especially if you're lucky enough. Also, people are funny. People, the 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 world at large is a funny place. If you play somebody who's a dick, people think you're a dick, mm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's really weird playing a bad guy. Um, uh, especially if you're in like a soap or something, people hate you. If you play. If you're, if you tend to play, if you're certainly in shows that people like and identify with, and especially if you play people that people identify with, um, I don't think I've ever, ever had anyone recognize me and go, you're off little, you're a prick. Okay. People either don't know who I am or they know who I am and they're glad to see me. In real life or online too? Um, if people don't like me online, that's because of, they don't approve of something I've said. Okay. Uh, for the most part, I'm sure there's... I'm sure there's a few. Yeah. Um. I'm, I don't. I can't think of, of an example now. But yes, I've definitely encountered people going, "Oh, it's that Ralph Little, what a cock." I was like, "What could I possibly have done to irritate you?" I have no idea. But yeah, sure. But that that goes with the territory. But that's all. That's overwhelmingly outweighed by. And like you say, it affords opportunity. I mean, I. Uh, but, but I like. I really like the fact that you were just. I feel like. And I hope to be proven wrong, but I feel like you're more honest than a lot of guests will get by saying, actually, those people who say it's a burden, in general, it's not. It's actually it's not. fucking it can, great. It can be. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It can be. And I'm sure every individual is different and it depends on, I don't know, your upbringing and your state of mind and how neurotic you are or not or how how you cope with it and what support network you've got and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But... Um, <laughs> I suppose, like I say, it only confirmed for me my suspicions that I was special. Even though I now know I'm not. What I do do is I look and objectively, um, you know, em- empirically speaking, without you can't argue that it's not afforded me these extraordinary yeah. opportunities. The travel that I've got to do. Um, the people you've met? Yeah. Meeting I, other famous people, has that been a, uh, something I, that I, you've I, enjoyed? You know what? It would. Uh, there's a lot of people who'd be like, I mean, no, d- d- fuck that. I wasn't that cool when I was 18. What, you think I wasn't excited to go to the National TV Awards yeah. and bump into um, Angus Deaton and, you know, <laughs> from Have I Got News For You and, and do a, a, a panto with Paul Merton? And like, yeah, of course I fucking was. It'd be yeah. bullshit to say that I wasn't. I was double excited by it. Brilliant. I mean, you get to settle in and go, oh, it's okay. I've got a seat at the table now. I'm in the club. Yeah. But... Anyone who says that that's not exciting, just, you see, these are people that you grew up with. And I think, I think yeah, I think the great thing about having you on and and doing you first actually is that there's no pretentiousness about you, <laughs> and I fear uh, not anymore. <laughs> I, I, I yes, I mean, but you've been on. I mean, the fact that you've been honest about when you felt a bit, or you were probably a bit pretentious, shows that there's no pretentiousness mm. about you. Um, whereas ah, I do but fear I'm that... saying that because uh, I want people to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's the most pretentious person of all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see from other people we interview whether yeah. we will get some people who are like, you know, it's a complete nightmare. I just want to go back to um, one thing about the the Let general me tell you format. About the travel, by the way. So yeah, I just, yeah, so about I was just talking about like it's people I've met and travel. And when I was uh, when I, was, I, went, I went to I went to Brazil. I went to Rio with Action Aid. Uh, to look at some of the favela. I don't think you're supposed to say favelas anymore. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. But to, and the, the poverty I saw there 
was extraordinary and I was making a video for ActionAid and was only there for two days and you think, oh, Rio, great. And, but, you know, there was no lying by the, by the beach. It was, mm. it was a difficult experience. And pr uh, earlier, about 2000, I went to Tanzania to see an orphanage that Oxfam were building out mm -hmm. there. And you land, at, um, land in Tanzania and you drive like six hours through basically the desert, the African desert, the bushlands, and uh, arrive at this tiny town and whatever and see these orphans who have got nothing but, you know, big smiles and all, all you know, all the, all the cliches about, oh, they're full of life and all. And it's true. And I saw that when I was 20 and I'm like, this is not an experience money can buy. You can come to this country yeah. and you can go on safari and you can climb Kilimanjaro or whatever, but you can't, nobody comes and lands here and has a car six miles across a dusty road to come and see this. Yeah. And um, if I was to, if I ever saw oh, being famous as a bit, bullshit, it's been brilliant. It's yeah. been brilliant. It's afforded me an extraordinary life yeah. and I'm incredibly lucky. There are downsides. Yeah, of course, of there course. Are I, I just feel like I should play devil's advocate here a bit because of the, your openness. You just mentioned two charity videos mm -hmm. uh, you've done, and that's given you the opportunity to travel and see these things. Mm -hmm. Was there ever any part of you when you come back and people are seeing those videos that are like, people will see me as this type of person, and that's oh, um, and that's you know that's great for me as well. May, I mean, maybe, yeah, probably, probably. Of I course. think that's very honest to be honest that there's like look, a percentage. I also think when you do that, what I do, you have to try and consider how everything's going to look. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's not going to do you any harm to to be associated with ActionAid. Mind you, do you know what? <laughs> Actually, it did. I got slagged off on Twitter for being an ActionAid. Ralph Little wants to bring b b people into this country. He's a friend of the immigrants. It's like, um, I mean, one, what, right, and right. two, correct. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I You can't just think, win in those scenarios. No, you can't win, but it is an interesting point that you make, which is this. Uh, I think we all do this to a point, but I think that you find yourself second-guessing and trying to consider on a daily basis, how it, it, quote, it, is going to look yeah. um, if you do a certain thing. I, th I think that's true in real life, but yours is much more exhausting magnified. because it's magnified, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, just going back to... Um, I would say it's the same with every tweet, but I probably should think about them more than I do. <laughs> well, I think that's the nature of Twitter, is it's so, um, it's, it's it's so immediate. immediate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so because uh, of our first series of Almost Famous, where we talked to... Um, siblings and sons and daughters of famous people and how it affected them i'm keen to hear from you how you feel your fame has affected those closest to you i know you had you have a brother who yeah was a child actor yeah and then went to medicine which is the opposite way that yeah the you other way around yeah. to go so i'd yeah. be i'd be intrigued to hear about uh how you think your fame has affected him and your parents uh well i have an older sister as well and my older sister um worked she's a nurse now in the nhs um, down in devon and uh, she worked in London for. A, she was a facilitator at the BBC, um, working um, with a, a disabled producer, facilitating her mm -hmm. daily work. Mm -hmm. And she told me a few years ago. I think it might even be still be down in Devon. So if anyone's listening to this, I'm going to blow her cover. But she has stopped saying that she's my sister. Um, and I was like, oh, cheers, because of you're ashamed. And she's like, no, it's just as soon as I say that, that's. That's all people want to talk about mm. is you. They don't. They don't want to talk about what I'm up to, what my interests are. Where they want to talk about your interests. Um, and I was like, "Oh, so sorry about that." Although, How does that make you feel? Yeah. I, I, well, <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. In this case, I love it because I'm a dick, and it was really. It was. I think I said to her. I mean, I am more interesting than you, though. <laughs> I mean, you're saving you lives. Sure. You haven't done anything. Yeah, you're saving lives. I've been to Tanzania. Um, when did you play against Zinedine Did you see Zidane? my action? I film, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, at the risk of it sounding like I only mentioned that to, because because it sounded <laughs> no, like I was good with charity. You've been honest about it. It's no, fine. no. But of course, there are opportunities. You get great opportunities to do cool shit. Christ, I've been on these amazing trips where I wasn't making a video for charity. Yeah. Jollies. But, but sorry, jollies, jollies. Yeah, I've been yeah. on massive jollies. Yeah, whether it's to Italy playing football or um, uh, you know Marbella doing stuff. There's all sorts of trips I've been on Canada, all that kind of thing. But um, they're all purchasable. Those experiences are all sure. viable. You can you can go to the places I've been in Italy. You can go to Canada. The places I went with those videos, you don't go no, to a favela in a Rio point. de Janeiro. You don't go to an orphanage. In, that's why I particularly singled those out. That's a good point. And, that, and that, I, I want to stress as well that I know famous people who don't do that stuff. Yeah. So well, yeah. So you know, it's a yeah. choice. It's still a choice. Yeah. Do you know what I but mean? It, but it's you know, it was it was not a. Um, 
it was not what I'd call a joyous experience, but it was an experience that you wouldn't swap for anything and you can't buy. So that's what's amazing about that. But anyway, so my sister um, has stopped saying that. And my brother... Um, so what was it that he was in when he was a kid? Cause he I, was I... in a show called Born and Bred, okay. which was a bit like BBC One's Answer to Heartbeat. Got it. Um, Richard Wilson, oh, yeah. uh, Michael French, who's famous from EastEnders. Uh, Michael French was a doctor in a rural northern town mm-hmm. in the what 50s 60s and um he had a wife and a son and a daughter and my brother was his son so my brother was in a primetime bbc one drama um and you were what age when he got that i would have been you were 20 so you'd already done royal yeah, I'm family. 10 years older than him so you'd done royal family you'd done two pints yeah so any any jealousy from you that he was getting into the same like, business like, potentially jealous but like fondly jealous like yeah. that little shit i can't believe it he's 14 and he's in a bigger he's in i can't i can't buy a bbc one drama and he's fucking nailing it on bbc one <laughs> so there was a bit of that but um i don't know I, I actually i honestly i think he's more chill about it um than my sister i mean my sister's fine but she was joking but i think my brother is a bit like my brother and I are cut from similar cloth. I think he probably thinks he's quite special too so if someone goes your brother's raffling oh my god my, bro- my brother's a bit like Pfft. Yeah, whatevs. Yeah. You know, he might be, but he's not a doctor, is he? Like, so yeah. that would be my brother's yeah. reaction. So um, it's okay with him. My mum is, my dad's just dead proud. My mum's kind of, my mum is a is a character anyway. The best way I can describe my mum is she's like in, she's like one of those from movies. She's like a stereotypical uh, Jewish mother that okay. you see in American movies, mm-hmm. um, but who isn't Jewish. Okay. Uh, like, um, her her unconditional and unquestioning love and support as she's got older not when I was a kid but as she's got older and, and as as the precarious nature of my job has developed um, her way of displaying care and support is to always assume that it's all going to stop tomorrow <laughs> because she's worried yeah. so um so she's asking you about what pensions you've got. She's what pensions checking I've on got. Your... Well, she used to be my accountant. She's an accountant anyway. Right. Um, it is great because I could trust her, but it was also a disaster, especially in my, you know, when, when I was 19, 20, 21, because I don't want to have to explain to her what, what Spearmint Rhino is. What are these ex- <laughs> What are these expenses receipts, Ralph? Um, so, um, so uh, the uh, perils of having your mum as your yeah, accountant. That, exactly. I've only just realised that, of course. Yeah, it, it was it was tricky. Yeah. But she, um, you know, she's my accountant. She's told me for 20 years that I'm bankrupt and I've got no money. It, it's it's not true. I mean, right. it's it's provably untrue by looking at a bank statement. Does she mean comparable to her, her and your dad, or she's, or she's she, just trying to scare you into working harder? Uh, it's it's the latter, but there's a there's a weird weird delusion to it as well. In that, like, she believes it because she thinks it, it's it's there's an unspoken sentence there, which is if you never work again, hmm. this isn't enough to right. to last. Yeah. yeah. But she never says that, but that's that's what it means. She's always worried about if I never work again. And I'm like, hey, we all fucking actors have to worry about that. I don't need you worrying about that for me, thanks very much. Yeah. Um, sensible. Sensible parenting, yeah, I call that. Yeah. Well, she she's like, well, you don't want to be living off your savings. I'm like, I'm an actor. I've, I've lived off my savings my entire life. Yeah. What, what do you think? I don't have a salary. Um, and I don't she, have kids to hand on my savings yet, well, so ex- I don't exactly, need to worry yeah. about it. She said, uh, there's a very funny thing that my mum said. I'll never forget it. So... I had um, a quiet couple of years while I was concentrating on writing The Cafe, which was in my show that I made. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, my mum, I actually banned my mum once from talking about my career because every time I talked to her, she'd go, any jobs? No. Any auditions? Yeah, I went for a thing, but uh, oh, right, well, oh, you got no money, have you? It's like, yes, clearly I have. You're lying. Um, so we banned it. She was not allowed to talk about my career. But a couple of years later, uh, so, but at the sort of start of that two-year period, I became, um, uh, I do a lot of voiceovers, luckily, mm. and um, I went in and did a test voiceover for an Asda advert, and they went, we love your voice, we'd love to keep you. And I did Asda for about five years, which Brilliant. was amazing when you're an actor to just know that that, that income's coming in, right? And uh, anyway, there was something, I can't remember, a tax bill came in, and I paid it and whatever, and my mum sort of casually said during that two years when I'd had a quiet acting two years because I was right in the cafe, she went, hmm, this is the kind of thing she says apropos of nothing. Hey, just think, if Asda hadn't come along, you'd have been finished, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, one, why say that? Yeah. And two, 
It did. <laughs> it did come along. You could say that about any job. Yeah. Oh, if so-and-so hadn't come along, yeah. you'd be finished. Yeah, but it did. Yeah. So why are we even having this conversation? Um, she's like the she's like the physical embodiment of an actor's neurosis. Right. My mom. And, but she, she, she comes from a different world as well because she does what for she did what or does she's what? She's an accountant. Oh, yeah. that's right, accountant. Yeah. So it's just a different world. Yeah. It's a so, nine so, to five so no world. stability. A... Yeah. So she does all the worrying for me. Sure. So I don't, don't have, have to. to. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably the best way to be. Yes. Realistically. Yeah. Okay, that's gone. Your dad, you just said, is just dead proud. He's just chill. Cute. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask one more question, then I'll end with some like uh, slightly more quick fire ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been amazing talking to you. Really, one I think the most honest, actually, guest we've had, uh, apart from myself when I was interviewed by David yeah. Abdul at the end of the last series. Um, uh, I wanted to ask one more thing, and you can steer clear of it if you want, but we did talk about in that interview at the end of the last series, uh, scandal, tabloid scandal, oh, yeah. stuff like that. And you and I have had a chat before, and I know that you've been stung a bit before mm-hmm. by that. I'm just intrigued as that's something that nobody in normal life would understand. How does that feel, your private life being invaded like that, and uh, potentially even people people who I guess maybe you trusted, um, mm-hmm. you know, take, pulling the rug out from under you a little bit? It's... Um um, it's gut churning, actually. It's this weird. Uh, I mean, everybody. I'm trying to think of the best sort of example, the best comparable example in everyday life. That thing of, I don't know, knowing that, <laughs> knowing that you're really late for something important. That, that anxiety. Mm. Um, it comes out. And it's there, and, and and I've not been hit by a scandal. Um, uh, certainly not one of. Yeah, I've not been hit by a scandal in in the age of social media. I've not right. been hit by a. Uh, the, the the biggest one for me was um, when I was 22, I um, I had a story sold on my, on me by um, a girl that I'd slept with, and um, and it was really weird because it was a really salacious story as well, um, and it was like ooh he spanked me I was like actually I'm not even sure if I did but whatever <laughs> right. but I got a good review so that was nice but that's the classic thing isn't it they, they give good they reviews compliment you so because yeah. then you're not going to sue them yeah I think exactly that's pretty yeah. much it yeah. Um, and it's always nice to get a good review anyway. Yeah. Um, well, we know that we both love good reviews. Yes, exactly. We worked so hard for those good reviews. It came out on a Sunday and you just spend the rest of the day with your stomach churning. I think now it would loop and loop on social media and it become memes. memes and it, it's, yeah. it's got to be... It's got to be much harder, frankly. I mean, it's like you live in fear of, yeah. I don't know, who, who knows? As Dave Chappelle said in his brilliant stand-up, he went, um, I think I'm okay. But we'll see. <laughs> so it's a bit like that. Um, it's horrible. It's a gut-churning, horrible feeling. You're like, uh, wh- how is this going to affect it? Is this, is this going to affect my career and whatever? Yeah. I ever talked to you privately? Did I ever tell you about being phone hacked? Did I talk to no, you No, I don't that? think so. I mean, I, I have to... Did you speak yeah. at Leveson? I didn't speak at Leveson, but I, I, uh, I was one of the follow-up test cases, follow-up cases. Right. Yeah, I was system, and I have to be a bit careful about what I can and can't say because mm. I can't name names and whatever mm-hmm. legally. Sure. Um, because it was an agreement that I signed for a settlement, but um, it turned out that I was phone hacked pretty systematically between 1998 and 2010, which is when phone hacking is largely accepted to have stopped. Yeah. And was that vo- uh, voicemail hacking? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And all of my friends and everything and. Um, it was a weird, bittersweet uh, realization, uh, uh, a weird, bittersweet victory, um, because you know I successfully had a settlement and an apology mm-hmm. read out in court from, uh, well, I can say both Mirror Group and and the Sun, um, NGM, which is the Sun, yeah. Sun and the Mirror, yeah. um, and they never wrote anything about me, not really one thing that was particularly bad or particularly damaging in of itself Hmm. but when we sat there and it's only when you see it all together and you know we talked about um when i was younger and i was extremely pained partly because of two pints partly because people see you as the part that you play but and we talked about james mcavoy who was you know this massive success and this is it's got to be really careful not to sound bitter because i'm in i'm delighted with the way things have gone and i've had a great time and i'm very very proud of my career but um seeing all the articles when i was sat with the lawyer and going through them one at a time it was quite an overwhelming and quite sad experience quite an emotional experience and not a, a negatively emotional experience because very regularly and i not want to weep but very very regularly there was just some snidey comment that's all it was nothing major but just like oh 
Looks like Ralph Little's out again. He right. was seen chatting to a blonde called Nikki or whatever. Right. Oh, looks like Ralph Little's uh, He was out with his friends at so-and-so. And you're like, how do they know? Mm. How? Where are they? Where are these people? Who, who's selling these stories to them? And um, Made you doubt your friendships? Or, absolutely. And your relationships, Absolutely. Presumably. Who's selling, who's, who's giving, who's feeding this information? You know, mm. that's one of the things the courts are so angry about. It's like it ruined relationships and friendships. Yeah. Um, and they had uh, they had a tendency to because uh, it's not real journalism; it's just lazy journalism. And they don't need to phone hack anymore because it's going Twitter. Um, mm. They had this tendency to write about you as if you were your character. And I'm pretty far from both who Anthony Rohr was and and who Johnny from Two Pints was, and they were the two things I was most known for. Um, and they wrote about you as if you were your character. And you know, both of my characters are slightly kind of feckless put upon not particularly bright lads. So that's how they wrote about right. me. And so for years, no matter what I did, no matter what interviews I did, no matter whether I talked about, you know, all, all I ever wanted was to go on QI. Um, but right. they never asked me. Right. And, and, I, and I was sort of half joking, but I probably think they never asked me because they probably thought it was a bit thick. Yeah, maybe. Um, it does affect your Because career, that's yeah. how I was written about. And uh, so, yeah, this, this whole collection of going, oh, um... Uh, you know, lose. They'd even use the word loser. Looks like looks like uh, uh, Ralph Little's the loser in, again in this situation. Right. Whatever it was, just right. constant this drip feed of of of, of just snidey bullshit about yeah. this dumb lad who's like a bit stupid, and um, and I think it genuinely chipped away at my credibility in a way that was um, uh, insidious and and uh, subconscious. Yeah. You know, casting directors. Are members of society. If you think that they're they're above that, and they mostly are, but they're still members of society. Things filter into yeah, them subconsciously, do, yeah, yeah. you know. Must and have chipped away at your confidence as well. Chipped away my confidence. Yeah. Chipped away at my um, c- c- coolness. I was in yeah. the coolest show in the country. Yeah, I was in the coolest show in the country. Um, <laughs> the royal family, not two pints. Two pints was loved, but not considered cool. But I was in the most credible show in the country, and um, and I did feel I do look back now, and I feel like I was really undermined. Yeah. And you know. There we go. I've talked about how being famous has been wonderful, but there's there's a, a no, massive. I'm really glad we got even into talking that. about it now. Like it's it hurts that. Yeah, it hurts. And well, I'll because tell you what, it, because you weren't in control of it. It's, I wasn't it's in easier control. to you know you know you fucked up an audition because you weren't right or you did it wrong or whatever. Yeah. But when things are being pulled out from under you and you you're not even responsible. I mean yeah. even even compared to. You know, the person selling a story who you slept with, is exactly. at least you did that. And I was you about were to there. say exactly that. Look, yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, it, what was hilarious was they tried to do a salacious story, but there was there was nothing to say. I don't do any drugs and I wasn't with anyone. I don't cheat on people. So it was like, single 22-year-old actor has sex yeah. with a girl. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, yeah. yeah. Um, what would you do? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so it, it, it was worse. And that was a horrible feeling. Yeah, of course. But, of course. but it's, it's the phone hacking thing that feels so particularly insidious. And, and weirdly, what almost makes it even worse is... Um, it was so arbitrary. It wasn't because they didn't like me. It wasn't because I did something to annoy them. I was just one along a list of hundreds. What's going on today? You got any stories? No? All right, well, let's check this one. Yeah. And they had a list of numbers. Try that one. No, try that one. Oh, here's something. Um, so-and-so said that Ralph went home with a girl last night. So-and-so said that Ralph was drunk last night yeah. or whatever uh, on a voicemail. And it was just this arbitrary thing. And you know what? That was my life. Yeah. That's my career and my life that they're just... Just arbitrarily, just no, fucking with. Well, that's exactly what I was talking about with the journalism that of Piers Morgan when I was a kid, and just mm. uh, it affecting your life and them not caring because it's about yeah. it's their job. Yeah. And I guess there's an angle where I can say, well, it's his job. That's what he does. But uh, but it does leave a bit of taste yeah. for me, and way worse for you. But I'm it's sure. not their job to, to do it do illegally. So, to do it illegally by no. hacking your phone. Absolutely. That's, I mean. No, absolutely. Whatever, if, if I'm out and about. And there, there came a time when I was so upset about or, or annoyed about, like, keep on being in the press for this kind of thing. Like, literally just going out at night and then being out in, in the press for being out at night. Uh, that I um, I sort of stopped going to places. Mm. So that affected my life. Stopped going to places, stopped hanging out, decided, oh, well, I'm not going to be seen at this thing. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to whatever. And um, and it didn't stop. And it was baffling. But, of course, now I know why. Yeah. And and I and I honestly I'm one must of have, it felt must have felt like gaslighting in a way it's like yes. you, you know not feeling like you're going mad not understanding what's happening the rumor that was per, the rumor that was uh, propagated through the industry and I said it myself is they they in in, in quotes they have eyes everywhere yeah that somebody's always in on the payroll I mean it's yeah. nonsense if you think about it now how was somebody always on the payroll how did we think that how much money did they have that they could pay everybody across London I feel like what's important what's interesting about that is that's almost playing on the fact that actors have such a high uh, idea of 
their industry yeah. that maybe they would think actually yeah you know or some people would think actually yeah it's quite possible that yeah. everyone's with, with that important yeah that people are watching our every move but actually they're doing it illegally i mean they were watching your every move i mean listening it's, it's to your a catch every 22 move. isn't it because you're a bit like am i such a chronic horrible egotistical narcissist that i think that like people care about yeah. whether i've gone to the pub or not and then you're in the papers and you go so and so was in the pub and you go maybe they do <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah it's um, it sounds yeah it's uh, I I would, that, that I would hate that. That was horrible. I would and and that, hate that's that. uh, yeah, I think that's hard enough even sitting here talking about it now it's it's it hurts. And this was recent. This only was like came to the fore in the last couple of years, two, well, maybe 3 or 4 yeah. years. And um the the whole yeah, that I feel like the prism of my of 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 my industry has well, the prism of the whole world is the way we interact, you know, with social media and all this kind of it's shifted and it feels like um I'm aware of the inherent dangers now much more than I used yeah. to be. Um, okay, so just a couple of quick fire ones. That's yep. uh, going to try and end on a slightly more up and, yes. and up bit, but that's really important. I'm really glad you went into that. Yep. Thank you so much. Um, what advice would you give to someone young? It's still a net benefit. It yeah, it's a net benefit. Yeah. Net benefit. What advice would you give to someone young who wants to be famous and specifically that word famous? But um, you know, pithy, pithy. We're, we're going quick fire. Um, yeah, I would say that. Fame in of itself is a dangerous mistress. is a is a is a is a very um, problematic and dangerous thing to aim at. Mm -hmm. um, recognition and fame for doing something that people like and respect you for is a very very noble ambition. Great, uh, and uh, this gets asked a lot around. But you know, I feel like it would be uh, remiss of me not to. Who's the most famous person in your phone? <laughs> I don't know actually. Uh, we'll come back to that. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll come back to it and I'll, I'll have a look. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, I will do our outro. Uh, Ralph, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, oh, do plug Death in Paradise, I guess, because this will come out in the next month or so. So, uh, well, It might be finished by then, but yes, uh, uh, we were recording after the day after my debut episode of Death in Paradise that went uh, uh, so uh, swimmingly well. Um, yeah. And I'm going back to do Series 10 uh, in April. And I can't wait to get back out to the Caribbean. Okay. That's an interesting one, though. We're talking about social. I think social media is the most fascinating topic of conversation because it's ups and downs. Mm -hmm. But um, I couldn't watch it last night, and I got really nervous because the stakes were so high. Because it feels like this feels like my second bite. At, if, if I'm really honest, this feels like my second bite at my entire career. I've had a 20-year arc where I was extremely famous when for, for for the most beloved show in the country. Yeah. And I've worked solidly and constantly, but it's always been in the shadow. It's been a blessing, and, and in recent years, it's been a curse because I'm firmly fixed in people's minds as an 18-year-old kid yeah. and then a 20-year-old lad, and um, and I'm 40 tomorrow. So it's this really. It, it does. I sort of can't believe how lucky I am. I'm very just beaming now, even talking. But yeah. like, it feels like I turn 40. My I'm the lead in a BBC One show that was on last night, and. This is the new chapter. Yeah, um, it feels like it's the beginning of another twenty-year arc. Yeah, and this time, uh, you're you know, ready for it. I'm ready for yeah. it. I'm more experienced, and yeah. I've learned the lessons, and and so on and so on. So, um, yes, uh, please watch Death in Paradise, and please enjoy it. And, and when's it going like, to come out? Uh, that next series, then? Um, uh, this time next year. So okay. uh, uh, January. I would. Well, usually it comes out January the following year. So January 2021. And if you don't enjoy it, that's entirely your prerogative. But do feel free not to tag me in on Twitter. Of, of course, but just in case they do want to, what's your Twitter <laughs> handle? Uh, Ralph Little. Uh, Ralph Little. Uh, with Ralph an Little. F. R A L F. Uh, okay, guys, thank you so much. Oh, for this. I'll follow oh. my Instagram with. This oh. in a modern world. I'm new on Instagram. Yeah, and if, your your Instagram handle is uh, Ralph Dot Little. Let me see. I've got I've made 27 <laughs> posts. That's this, how new I am. This has to been Instagram. the longest plug section of all time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thank you for veering off. That's good, uh, guys. Thank you again for listening. Please do press that subscribe button, uh, rate us, leave a comment. It really helps us get up that algorithm. Find us on Instagram at Almost Famous the podcast and Adele. on Twitter at Pod Almost Famous. And Ralph's most famous person in his phone is Adele. I mean, I'm just in the A's. But who is Adele. a Spurs fan and one of the most famous women in the world so i'll take it uh, ralph thanks again and guys thank you for listening at home it's been thanks, almost famous goodbye my pleasure ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.